Happy Sabbath. I thought I would better go ahead and say something. Who are you? I've seen you before, but who are you? I was here one time before. My wife and I, we're from Texarkana, and we do fair ministries. In the last four weeks, we've done three. She's at one right now. And uh, uh, there's a lot happening in the world, and people want to know about Jesus. So the question I have is, do you want to know about Jesus? Do you want to know about Jesus? I I was kind of curious and worried there that nobody wanted to. You just wanted to come to put in time, you know. But I know you're here to know about Jesus. I know you really do. You know, uh, doing this fair ministry, I didn't come to talk about that. I come to talk about Jesus, but during this fair ministries that we're doing, we do... uh, we're finding that there's a lot more people today wanting to know about Jesus than last year. And we, we watch that, you know, uh, how people are responding. What, what are they choosing? Last year, they would take the book Great Controversy. Just grab it and go. This year, they're taking Desire of Ages. We've already run out. Of Desire of Ages. We have ordered and they've back ordered. We, we kind of order a special pretty one to give out. It's, uh, purple seems to attract people, I guess. I don't know. But we've already give out uh, what we had. So we're waiting for the back order. And, uh, but people want to know about Jesus. So I thought, what should we as Christians Know about Jesus. And I found this in 2 Corinthians 13.5. It says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be retrobrates. I got to looking at that and I thought, here's something especially for us. For me, because when I do a sermon, it's for me. Maybe not for you, but it's for me. It says, examine yourself. So I need to look in to me, my heart, what's there, my life, my walk, my words, what I do. Rather, I'm in the faith. What faith? I have a friend who wants to talk about all these other exciting things, but he never gets to the point of Jesus. He wants to know all about this and that and don't do this and that, but he never gets to the point of Jesus. So our faith has to be in Jesus. Why? Without Jesus, we're lost. And we all know that. And then it said, prove your own selves. So there's something that we ought to be doing. Some work that we ought to be doing. Proving our own selves. So how should you prove yourself? That's a good question. It says that we should know our own selves. I know I've talked to people that since the fairs and before, lots beforehand, that... Uh, 
I just don't know where I'm going, especially I used to think it was young people. But I guess anyone I think is young is younger than me. So, but they're 40 and 50 years old wanting to know, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I have thought I found myself, but I've lost my job. I've lost my family. And I don't know what to do anymore. Know your own selves. That Jesus wants to come and live inside us. He wants to be inside us. Have you asked Jesus inside you? Have you asked him to come teach you and live with you and walk with you? I found this in Education, page 57. The greatest want of the world is the want of men. Men who will not be bought or sold. Men who in their inmost souls are true and honest. Men who do not fear to call sin by its right name. Men whose conscience is as true to duty as a needle to the pole. Men who will stand for right, though the heavens fall. But such a character is not the result of an accident. We're wanting... People to lead us. Who can we look to? We're looking for help. We're looking for help. And the only help is Jesus. But we're looking for men in our church. And I don't mean men as in men. I mean men as in humans. Because some women are very wise. My wife tells me how wise she is all the time. And she's really correct. (laughs) Uh, She tells me how I need to change because she can see it. She lives closest to me. You might need to ask somebody close to you. But we are looking for somebody that cannot be bought or sold. Somebody that cannot be bought or sold. That cannot be swayed by something. We're looking for people that are true and honest. How would you like to have a false friend? You know, it's not very nice, I think. But we're looking for true and honest people. We're looking for somebody that is willing to call sin, sin. Not just whitewash it. Not just go over it. Not just, oh, don't even talk to them about it. We'll go on. We'll go our way. Sin, sin. What is sin? We need to learn that. We need people that would be doing their duty and not be moved. You know, this is a character that God is looking for. He's looking for this type of character in his people. It goes on and it says, But such is a character that is not the result of an accident. It is not due to special favors or endowments or providences. A noble character is the result of what? Self-discipline. Self-discipline. 
Many people are having so many problems because they will not discipline themselves. How do I quit eating so much? Stay out of the kitchen. Don't take it to your bedroom or to the TV or to the other room. Don't carry it with you. Don't make it so handy. We need self-discipline. The subjection of the lower to the higher nature. That's God's nature. The surrender of self for the service of love to God and to man. So many people today are looking, what can I get out of this? What, what, how's this going to help me? We don't look at it, well, how's this further God's kingdom? How's this going to help somebody that I know? Giving up time to serve God and to serve man is self-discipline. I think of the missionaries that are overseas. Been reading lately, of course, because of what's happening in Ukraine, of some missionaries over there and what's going on. And then I just got a hold of a story of a missionary that is in Afghanistan. Do you remember Afghanistan? We were there many years, our country was. And the things that are happening there, the atrocities that are happening to Christians and to women. Sometimes we forget those things. I found in early writings that says this, that the books are opened. What books? It's the books of life and the books of death in heaven. The prophet of life, or the book of life, contains the good deeds of the saints, and the book of death contains the evil deeds of the wicked. These books are compared with the statutes in this book. Same statutes you've got on the wall. The Bible, and according to what? According to that, men are are judged. There's a judgment going on, and more than ever, we need to know, we need to examine ourselves to see if we're in the book of life. More than ever, we need to do that. Time is short. Jesus is coming soon. Matthew twenty-five thirteen says this, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We don't know when Jesus is coming. <laughs> Somebody two nights ago asked me, said, Do you think he's coming this year? Do you really? Can't you feel it in the air? I feel it all the time. You know? We've been doing this missionary endeavor for our church, for God, of handing out books and Bibles, and I feel it constantly. I feel everyone needs a book or Bible. Where are you going to find God? You just don't find him out here in the workplace. Not usually. You find God in the quiet places. If you have your mind listening, examining yourselves, listening, God will talk to you. Oh, how does he talk to you? 
Well, sometimes a still small voice from reading this. He'll recall something that you learned, maybe when you was a child. God is wanting to talk to his people. So we need to examine ourselves and see if we're in a position to hear God. See, we're not to rest in the idea that because we are church members that we're saved. It doesn't save you. Coming every Sabbath, being faithful every Wednesday night will not save you. While we give no evidence that we are conformed to the image of Christ. Self-discipline. We need to discipline ourselves so that we are conformed to the image of Jesus. What kind of image does Jesus have? What did he do? Go here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Very good books to start with. Oh, Desire of Ages. Find out what Jesus is like. That's what we find that people are looking for today. If we can say this book talks about Jesus' life, they'll just grab it. And they're going faster than most other books. So we need to examine ourselves, see if that our image is conformed to the life of Christ. While we cling to our old habits and weave our fabric with the thread of worldly ideas, we will be lost. Clinging to the world. Thinking that everything's going fine. That I'm okay, I read my Bible, I go to church. But if our habits give evidence of something else, we could not be walking on the straight and narrow. You see, there were ten virgins that are watching in the evening of the earth's history. All claim to be Christians. They all have a call to serve God. They all have a name, Christian. They all have a lamp, a light. And they all claim to be doing God's service. You could follow any of them, all ten of them, couldn't you? Well, I read my Bible. It says, apparently watching for his appearing, some of these servants, these virgins, but only five are wanting. Five will be found surprised, dismayed, outside of the banquet hall. Where will you be? What have you chosen? We need to examine ourselves again. God will accept nothing but purity and holiness. One spot, one wrinkle, one defect in character will forever debar us from heaven with all of its glories and treasures. We may want to be there. We may be thinking we're putting treasures in heaven. And if they're going there and our character is not like Jesus, you won't get to be enjoying those treasures. 
The coming of Christ will be as it were at midnight, says in Maranatha 55. At midnight. We know that. We're told that in the scriptures. At midnight, when all are sleeping, it will be well for everyone to have his accounts all straightened up before sunset. Midnight comes after sunset. So before Jesus comes, we need to make everything right. All of our works should be right. All of our dealings just and sure between ourself and our fellow man. All honesty, all sinful practices should be put far away. Examine ourselves. Everyone else does it in the world. is not good for God. It's not good to be a Christian found, oh, I do just what the world says. You see, the oil of grace should be in our vessels with our lamps. Sad indeed will be the condition of our soul who has had a form of godliness but has denied the power thereof. Who has called Christ Lord, Lord, and yet who is not his image or his title. God graciously grants a day of probation, a time and a test and a trial for everyone. He gives us the invitation, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Today the voice of mercy is calling and Jesus is drawing men by the cords of his love. But the day will come when Jesus will put on the garments of vengeance. The weakness, the wickedness of the world is increasing every day. And we're getting closer every day to the coming of Jesus. It's getting closer and closer. At a certain certain time, at a certain line is reached, the register will be closed and their all accounts will be settled. There comes a time when the books are closed. But here it's called the books are open because the judgment is going on. When your name is called forth, what will happen? But men today have presumed upon his merits and refuse his grace. They just presume. Because, oh, I'm sinful. I'm a human. Jesus died for me. They just presume upon his grace that they're going to make it to heaven and they can do what they want. Why has the Lord so long delayed his coming? I hear that question constantly. Not just from people wanting books, but from within the church. Why has the Lord so long delayed his coming? The last elders meeting I was at, one of the elders asked that question. The lead elder. The host of heaven is waiting to fulfill the last work for this lost world. And yet the work wanes. Why does the work wane? It is because the few who profess to have the oil and grace... Catch that. The few 
that profess to have the oil and grace in their vessels, the remnant church, that is, and have their lamps, have not become burning and shining lights in the world. God's waiting on His people to become a burning and shining light. It is because missionaries are few. This comes out out of Maranatha, page 55. Not my words, our prophets. Every week counts for one week less, every day, one day near to the appointed time of the judgment. But so many have only a spasmodic religion. I'm religious today, I'm not in 30 minutes, and oh, an hour I will be. It depends. A religion depended upon feelings and that is governed by emotion. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Then he that will have all the oil and grace in your hearts, because Jesus will place it there. The possession of this will, giving our will to God and we taking his, will make the difference at the time of the judgment in our life. Matthew 24. Everybody knows Matthew 24, especially with all that's going on in the world. I'd like to start at verse 6. Just going to catch a few of them, what's happening. Verse 6 says there's wars. Anybody know of any wars? <laughs> we forgot all about the war that's going on in the Congo, by the way. We're all focused somewhere else. And that's what happens in the world. We get focused somewhere else instead of what we need in our life. We're focused on everything but looking inside our life. There's nations against nations fighting. There's famines, pestilence, earthquakes, sorrows, hatred of men. Even in our church. Yeah. There's betrayal of one another. There's false prophets. Lawlessness. Lives, hearts will grow cold. The gospel will be preached to all the kingdom of the world. We know these. We've read them and read them. But I want you to think of this. Some things we may not or have most likely talked about. National Sunday Law. The shaking. The latter rain. Investigative judgment. The loud cry. The three angels' messages. The Sunday Law enforcement. The seal of God. The mark of the beast. The time of Jacob's trouble. Seven last plagues. Close of probation. And the second coming of Christ. It's so easy to talk about these things. It really is. It's so easy to talk about these things. When you get around your, your Adventist friends and you talk about these, it's easy. The questions come up. 
These are the things that we're most happy to talk about. You know, and it's easy when it comes prayer time to say, oh, pray for so-and-so, and you want to talk about them. Or, or, or pray for this or that, and it's easy to talk about that because it doesn't involve you. What's hard, it seems, what we seem to have trouble doing is remembering or talking about the blessings that God has given us and that He's taking us through. What are these blessings? It's the difficult things that we have to talk about. It's how God is changing our personal life. He's taking you through some problems, through some difficulties, through trials and tribulations. But we're afraid to have that in our testimony. We saw some right after Sabbath school class, some testimonies. To talk about the difficult things that you've gone through. You know what's the most beneficial thing to win somebody to Christ is? Your own personal testimony. If you don't have one, or can't think of it, or have a hard time spitting it out, write it down. It's okay to read it. But it's telling the troubles that has come your way. That God has walked side by side and put his arm around you and led you to his kingdom. He's changed you that you have a character that is formed in the image of Christ and not of the world, which is the devil's. We have a hard time talking about this. But I have some things to tell you here. We should be reflecting that character in our total walk with Christ. It's very hard, very hard today to walk that line. We just had a seminar at the Texarkana Church. We have people that will be baptized next Sabbath. No sooner than the end of the seminar come, the troubles come. One young man, uh, David's in his mid-30s, has been coming to church with us for a couple of years. He's now made a decision to be baptized, and now his wife is giving him trouble. Not before in the two years he's been coming. Another lady and her four children come to the meetings, has believed everything that has been taught from the Bible. She took a picture of every slide that come on the screen. The notes, I don't know, she was writing down in her notes. Other conversations she's had, I don't know. But her father is a Baptist pastor. He's given her so much grief in the last couple of weeks. Said, don't even talk to me. You've got another pastor. Go talk to him. Don't send your children, which is his grandchildren, to my church anymore. You've got a church. What did it say? In Matthew 24, we're going to 
experience coldness from those that used to be our friends. When you stand up and place Jesus in your heart and quit looking for signs and sins in other people, in other places, and we try to keep the world at bay, When we decide to serve God and follow Him continually, I guarantee that you'll have trouble. I guarantee that Satan will not miss and be lax in any of his visitations because he does not sleep, I don't believe. But we have sure word of prophecy. Matthew 26:41 our scripture said watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation to all who profess the name of Christ Christian a warning is given to closely examine ourselves make full and thorough confession confession of what our wrongs our sins The things that we have been slack on in following God. You know, God said, oh, go and tell the world. But we seem to say, oh, okay, I've done that. I'm here now. I've arrived. We settle down. We take our shoes off, kick back in the lounge pew, and we seem to rest. But there's a work to be done. It's a war. Oh, we're seeing and talk about the wars that's going on, but we don't talk about the war between Christ and Satan. It's in the great controversy. It's in the desire of ages. It's in your life. It's in your heart. We don't have to get up and just say, oh, I can do exactly what God wanted me to do because... We've got the sinful nature that's in us. We have to fight that sinful nature. Watch and pray is how we do that. A warning is given to closely examine ourselves and make full thought through confession of all of our wrongs. That may go beforehand to the judgment. You don't want to meet your sins going to heaven because you won't make it. The recording angel will write pardoned opposite your name in the book of life. Won't see all the other things where I've done all these other sins. It'll say pardoned. That's glorious. Amen? Pardoned. We should watch and pray, for our own hearts are deceitful. We may be off guard, but Satan is never off guard. Confession is just not enough. I know you're scratching your head. Confession is not enough. What do you mean? We need to repent. What does repent mean, really? Turn around and go the opposite direction.
So if you were sinning and you're repenting of it, you turn around and do good works. The good works won't save you, but it shows where your heart's at. And God needs to know where your heart's at. Apparently, it shows me where your heart's at. Shows other people where your heart's at. There's a a Christian friend, I thought, that was my real good friend. And then he stole from me. Not just a little bit, but a whole lot. That shows me he wasn't a Christian. Or he stopped being a Christian. And I question if he ever was a Christian or if it was just a disguise. We see people's works. We're not to be the judge. God is the judge. We're to confess and repent and make things right with us and God and our fellow man. As I close, I say this. When tempted to murmur, censor and indulge in fretfulness, wounding those around us, and in so doing, wounding your own soul. Let the deep, earnest, anxious inquiry come from our soul. Shall I stand without fault before the throne? We should inquire that. We should search our souls. Will I stand before the throne without fault? Only the faultless will be in heaven that will be translated to heaven while their hearts are filled with the rubbish of earth. Every defect in moral character must first be remedied. Every stain removed by the cleansing blood of Christ and all the unholy, unlovable traits of character can be overcome. It's only through the blood of Christ, nothing else, that will save us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we don't know when you're coming, but you told us that you are coming back. If we want to believe anything, Lord, we want to believe that, that you're coming back for those that love you. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves. Help us to get right with you to confess and to repent of our sins. Help us to make things right, Lord, in our life that we can reflect you to those that we're around. Lord, you're coming soon. The world seems to not care. Help us, Lord, make a difference in the world that we live in. In Jesus' name, amen.